1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a big weekend of Scottish Cup action. Celtic are through to take on Livingston after they saw off St Mirren and Partick Thistle in dramatic fashion respectively. Rangers beat Scott Brown's air to set up a quarter-final tie at Hibs and Aberdeen Kilmarnock and Morton Hearts make up the picture for the last eight. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna. And it could be a big week in the Premiership. Gordon Rangers could go top of the table with a big win against Ross County on Wednesday night. Your own boys, Motherwell, could bounce back by moving seventh if they can win or get a draw at Aberdeen on Wednesday night. And of course, we've got, as you said, a great Scottish Cup quarter-final draw. Morton's reward for beating your boys a home game against Premiership opposition in Hearts. Derek McInnes goes back to Aberdeen in the two games they're already talking about as the Kenny Miller derbies. <laughs> Hibs v Rangers. And of course... <clears throat> Celtic v Livingston Everything's a Kenny Miller derby When he's played for so many teams But we did say This is the stage of the cup Where it gets a bit real For teams doesn't it? Yeah it's, I mean again It was a it was a good weekend I mean no too many Obviously we had the shock On Friday night But again was it really a shock In, in the form that Morton were in Going down there to Capital It was always going to be tough For Motherwell But uh, yeah the other, the other games Pretty much went As according to plan I Obviously took Livingston extra time Again I didn't think That would be too much of a shock I actually felt There was a lot of good Championship Premiership matchups. Premiership teams obviously came on top for the most part. 0141-951-1025, you know the drill, pick up that phone and let us know what you want to discuss after the weekend. If we start yesterday and work our way back, Celtic fans, you are through quite clearly. It was a professional job, a 2-0 win. What did you make of it? Is that the type of performance you expected? Is the performance getting there? Is there still a long way to go? Did you still see things that you didn't like? Brendan Rodgers has uh, had a few strong words to say about the negativity surrounding the recent run of performances, I think, rather than results. So what was yesterday like for you? Is that the level you're looking for or is it still a good bit short? Let us know on 01419511025. Maybe you don't care. Maybe it was all about the result given that it was a cup tie, a knockout game. 01419511025. A bit of doubt about the future maybe, of Leah Labada as well. Rangers fans, on paper it was supposed to be a more straightforward tie. So did you learn anything? Could you take anything away from it? What jumped out for you? Uh, we saw Cortez and Diomandi in from the start. Are you liking the look of what you're seeing? Do you have high hopes? There were a few controversial moments within that game as well you might want to discuss. It was inevitable, really. Scott Brown, will he call him into the mix? It was bound to have some talking points there. And anything else that tickled your fancy from the weekend? Partick Thistle fans, maybe? How frustrated are you? 2-0 up, cruising, losing out at the end of extra time. And look, you've had all weekend to get over it. And I'm sorry to reopen the wounds, but Motherwell fans, we have to. Morton fans, you can come on and gloat if you want, but Motherwell fans, where did that go wrong? How big a blow is that? Uh, and give us all your thoughts on the Friday night game as well. 0141-951-1025. Call us right now if you can. And we'll do our best to get you on next. To whet your appetite, though, let's dish out some awards. Result of the weekend, please. Uh, sorry, Gordon, but I have to go back to Capelo Friday night. The only championship winner against Premiership opposition in the Cup. Morton beating Mullerwell and they thoroughly deserved it. Yeah, I was going to rule out Friday night from the awards, but I suppose that's abuse of power, I think. Kenny, what would yours be? 
I'm going to go for David Martin, Dylan Levy, uh, in a real tough moment in the league. No wins in 17 games. Uh, two and all down against a decent part of the Thistle team, but managed to fight their way back, get back in it and get into the quarter round, the quarter final of the cup. Don't mind that at all. Go on then, goal of the weekend. I think you had some, I think you had some good choices, by the way. Well, we did a notable mention for Kerr McEnroy in the game I was at Thistle against Livingston, a scorcher from 30 yards, but 30 yards pales into insignificance compared to 70 yards. Don't know whether you've seen it in social media. Finn Ekrapont of Strunrar scoring from his own half to complete a win over Clyde. And listen, if you've not seen it in social media, get on Twitter. It's worth watching. I have to say, it's not... In fact, I was going to say not often, it's probably not ever that Strunrar have been given goal of the weekend, but I think <laughs> it is right. I mean, it's well in his own half, ably accompanied by some brilliant local commentary from Strunrar TV. Have mm-hmm. you heard it? I have not. Just the type of chaos that deserves to go along with a goal like that. Let me play it for you. That goes right to Finn Ekrapont. Right. Keep possession. Oh, Ekrapont has a goal. What? Oh, Listen, you can't argue with that. Not only he goal the season, score, but the most times that someone's name was mentioned in a, in a goal commentary as well. Finn 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 Ekrapon. Ekrapon. Well what done, goal. goal of the weekend for Roger. What got your nod? Dorrance. Uh, Inverness, Levy, uh, one, sorry, Inverness, sorry. It was uh, Bolfi Kamikaya, oh, and just the technique. I think he's actually side footed it, can control it, bent it right into the far corner on the volley. Wonderful finish. Shame, Dorans. it was a consolation, really, wasn't it? It was a yep. great goal. Okay, Howler of the weekend. Let's get stuck in there. Well, that was that for Hill, and Thistle were 2 0 up, and the start of Livingston's comeback was from a corner that was never a corner. It was never even close to a corner. Not only was it a goal kick off Bruce Anderson, I think it went off Bruce Anderson's hand. So it can either have been a goal kick to Thistle, a free kick to Thistle, but the corner was awarded, Livy score, and the rest is history. See, I mean, by nature, I want to say to you, a wrongly awarded corner is your that's why of VAR, the week. And that's why VAR should be looking at it. But I get your point, because it, it proved to be quite costly. And VAR wouldn't even have looked at that anyway, for the record. But anyway, right, go on then, your howler of the weekend. I think the the head knock up at Dundee on Mellon, allowing that game to continue when, again, with, by the way, last week we heard endangering the opponents so much. For that just to be allowed to play on was a bit of a, a, bit of a, miss, a mistake. Yeah, I don't think Tony Doherty was too happy either. And what are we left with? Top man, top performer of the weekend. Who's getting the nod? I'm going Nubly for the game. For my result, I thought he looked very, very lively in the game. His first goal as a, as a tap in, a striker's finish, sniffing about the goalkeeper. But the second goal, the movement and then the audacity, just toe poke it right in the top corner. I'll go Joel Nubly. Don't mind that. Uh, not to mention we know Mayovsky's good so when he scores a couple of goals it's not noteworthy mm. we know Shanklin's good when he scores two as well it's not noteworthy so I'm going to rub it in Andy Halliday's not here to oh, defend his corner Dougie Emery a man who has had his troubles in the past with Motherwell fans and how did he enjoy knocking them out in the cup on Friday night Yes, and rightly so, I must have to say, well deserved, uh, but Miofsky, Shanklin both on fire as well, I'm sure you want to get your calls in on any of the weekend's big talking points, 01419511025, Brendan Rogers had some strong words after the game yesterday, Celtic fans, so I wonder how you felt about it, was that like 
back to the type of performance you want, or was it all about just the winning the cup? You know, what, what's what's the current feeling after last week? Because it was quite the week. Brendan Rodgers believes a negative narrative has been built up around Celtic, and he's delighted with how his side are reacting to it. I said to the players afterwards, I had great pride in that for you today because there's a narrative around the the team, and the narrative's been for a while. To be honest, that, that that's the the reality of it but um, but we can only concentrate on, on ourselves I, I'm so proud of the players after today because they, it's a very young team you know you take Joe and, and Callum out of it a lot of inexperience at the at a high level consistently so um, but how they react and, and, and staying together is, is very important and whilst there's a lot of noise and, and everything around then we just continue to to win football games it's, it's clearly been created outside but I don't expect anything less to be honest we just have to focus on ourselves when you're a winning club and you've won consistently over many years people will look to jump and uh, and bring us down and bring me down but I'm here to win and, and for sure we'll have our day and have many days going forward and we'll get our players back that are influential for us and this, the, the squad will be very strong right through to the end of the season and we'll continue to fight what do you think, Brian, on the line? Is there a negative narrative? Are people trying to bring Celtic down? How was yesterday? Well, yesterday was uh, a day at the office. It was good. It was um, it was back to some sort of uh, cohesion between the team. It's been a wee bit of missing. I mean, you know, like at the end of the day, we need perspective here. I mean, this is, this is a team that has won so much. And I don't want to go on about... You know, knowing how to win, but we've got 13 cup finals from now to the end of the season, and to win the league, if you win one nothing in 13 games, you're winning the league. But some Celtic fans, they want to, I want to make two points because I only want to deal with my, my, my own team. We need to galvanise. We need to absolutely quit this uh, sack the board garbage that is entitlement that's creeped in because of success. You look at. If, if Peter Lawwell, now I'm no Peter Lawwell's greatest fan, but when I look back at his achievements, he's a guy that can turn around in an argument and say, well, there's my medals, where's yours? So, my point right now, Celtic fans need to pull together, galvanise, it's not what we want. Yes, there's, we want a left back, we want this, we want that, it's a wish list. But what we have is a bloody good product, a really good product that is capable, more than capable of winning the league. We have also got a good opposition, which should, in essence, give us a little bit of a kick on. If the, the, you know, if your nearest rival is pushing you on, then that should push us on. But what it really should do is, and I'm speaking solely to Celtic fans, is get behind this team. This team's capable. Brendan Rodgers is right. I feel the respite's coming from other places. You can't prove it. You can say it. You can feel it. But what do you do? You act upon it. It's not the why, it's the what mm. are we going to do about it? Get together. Do you not think the simple fact, though, that you're on calling for your fellow Celtic fans to pull in a certain direction might suggest that a lot of the negativity Brendan Rodgers speaks of is coming from his own fans? Absolutely. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. There's a, there's a, there's a, a dissection of certain parts of the team. We are not all the same. Because we support the team, we are not all the same. We don't have the same... Uh, values in life, we don't have. We have one value when it comes to Celtic. Love Celtic, right? Okay. So people who think a certain way and people who think a certain way can be sitting right next to each other. We don't. I mean, I, I, I get a laugh when, and I'm no disrespect to Hugh, but Hugh says Celtic fans, as though he has 
a, a, a voice that, that's talking for Celtic fans. They're so diverse. I go every single week and I hear so many different views and I hear grapes and moans. And then you've got guys of a certain vintage like myself who went through real grapes and moans. And I'm not being all Celtic dad. I'm being honest. There is, there is no right to win anything. You must prepare yourself properly. You must prepare the team properly. You must prepare the club. And that includes the fans. Mm. Well, let me put that to Roger and Kenny then, Roger. You're obviously, you'll have Brendan Rogers' words in the newspaper. This stuff I always am interested in because it doesn't actually matter whether it's Brendan Rogers or any other manager. I feel like on here or on social media, the fans are always the most negative first. Brendan Rogers talks about it coming from elsewhere. I, I, I feel like it always is driven by the feeling within your own fan base. That's where this stuff grows, is it not? Well, I'm just going to take Brian to task. How dare you, Brian, come first on this show and speak so sensibly and with such a level head and ask for perspective? Have you ever listened to this show before? We don't tend to do perspective in this show. But, but Gordon is right. The negative narrative, the way Brendan spoke yesterday, it was as if the negative narrative had come from out with Celtic. It hasn't. It's come from within the Celtic supporter base. You're right to talk about the, the sack the board protests and the banners that come out away games and some home games as well. You're right to talk about the criticism of Peter Lawwell um, and you're right to stick up for Peter Lawwell's record over the years at Celtic. Um, I think he has demonised unfairly in certain quarters. But, you know, Brendan must wonder what goes on when there is such a negative narrative painted. I think that win yesterday, is that eight wins in a draw from nine or something, Brian? You know, it's it's hardly the kind of type of result you, you know, you've spoken about from many, many years ago when Celtic were losing games. At the minute, Celtic are top of the league. They've won a very tricky Scottish Cup tie at St Mirren. They're now at home to Livingston. With no disrespect to David Martindale, you would expect Celtic to get to a semi-final at Hamden. And I thought it was an improved performance yesterday. Brendan, you know, when he says, oh, it's a young team apart for Joe and Callum, you know, he's forgetting the two Japanese internationals, the two Irish internationals, the Danish international, the Scottish international, and the Honduran international at the start of the game. So, you know, he's trying to paint a certain picture as well. But I can understand why you come on this show and ask for all Celtic supporters to pull in the same direction and to stop peddling the negative narrative because that's the thing that will hold Celtic back this season. Is that, and again, this isn't even, it doesn't have to be about Brendan Rodgers or Celtic because this happens to every team, Kenny, in their own way. Is this, is this maybe how you get that sort of siege mentality? If you can get a couple, if you can get wins, remind everybody that the results are good and say, see all this negative stuff, that's coming from elsewhere, that's not us, you know, we're in this together. Is that, is that what Brendan Rodgers is trying to to do with those comments? Listen, I think he'll try and create that. You know, I think, any, like you say, any club under the kind of criticism, which again, when Rodgers just went, went through the results, Celtic are actually in good form in terms of the results. And I have to say, again, I'll reiterate, as Brian's call was absolutely sensational for me. You know, coming on with that kind of, that mindset of, I believe Celtic have, they've got used to winning, they're, they're feeling titled, they, they think trebles are normal. You know, up until Brendan Rodgers first came up, trebles were a rare occurrence, you know. So I think the Celtic fans have kind of been spoiled over the years for the success of the league titles and the, and the cups and the trebles. Now they've got a real challenge, you know. They've got a real challenge and they need to live up to that and stand up to it and, and again, can try to continue to deliver that success. They've got a, they have got a, a rival now who, with a man in charge, that are chasing them. You know, but there is, 
that kind of siege mentality feel that Brendan might be trying to create. But you're right, it has come from within. In Glasgow, unfortunately, there's normally someone getting it in the neck and someone getting praised at this moment in time, even though the results suggest mm. that Celtic are still doing really, really well. Celtic have been on the receiving end of the negative side of uh, of the Glasgow media. The How moment. did you view the performance yesterday? Sometimes cup games, actually, it's not even really about that. And it, w- it was a tricky tie on paper. Uh, Brendan Rodgers said on Friday, that's the toughest tie that Celtic could have got in the round. Performance versus result, what, what, what did you take away from it yesterday? I think the performance was pretty good. Again, when you f- factor in everything you've said, it's away at St Mirren who are actually in good form. I thought St Mirren done really, really well and contributed to the game, particularly in the first half. Again, very unlucky not to equalise. But it was a, a professional performance for Celtic. Good mm. performance. A wonderful goal as well for Kyogo uh, to open the score. And I think that goal was a big goal in that game just to settle any nerves. Again, first 15 minutes, always nice to get that early goal. So I thought it was a good professional performance for Celtic. Worthy winners and deserve their place in the quarterfinal. Thank you, Brian. Maybe you St Mirren fans want to give us your thoughts. You clearly, as Kenny said, contributed to that game. Did it feel like it got away? Uh, how do you look back on it? 0141951025. We'll take your call next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141951025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Your Monday night review it was Scottish Cup weekend we had a couple of league games up and down the divisions if they take your fancy but I suspect there was enough in the big cup games uh, to keep us going here on 01419511025 Paddy is a Celtic fan on the line how are you Paddy? I'm good gents uh, uh, good evening I uh, enjoyed enjoyed yesterday's game um, uh, but just to touch uh, very briefly on what the previous caller said I couldn't uh, agree more um, it just some some of the dissent is, you know, shown towards the board by uh, the fans. Um, it's it's, uh, it's 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 maybe it's maybe just a sign of uh, you, you know the sort of the, the younger uh, the, the younger elements of the the, the support that uh, have been spoiled, um, and also the fact that Celtic are in a very he- healthy financial state um, that they think. You know, we should be pushing the pushing the boat out more, and maybe, and, and maybe that that'll uh, that'll happen in the summer. But um, Expl- let's let's delve into that a bit more for young men like me. I'm not that young, unfortunately, anymore. Yeah. Um, but we do often hear that we hear it like people decide that it's drawn along age lines of like if you're of a certain age and you'll remember that Celtic weren't always this good, therefore you should be okay when things aren't good in, in the present moment. Some fans who've been on the show before would just push back on that and say, but, you know, it's just about standards. It's about trying to press on from a position of strength. It's about looking at being a treble winner last season, having money, make sure that you're not regressing. Does that have, does that always have to be entitlement? Is that not a bit unfair on people that just want to keep driving standards forward? No, it's, it's not unfair. It's understandable. Um, I just uh, think that sometimes the expectations that the Celtic fans have are um, well unrealistic you know in terms of there was a lot of it, there was a lot of excitement uh, perhaps uh, falsely raised by Brendan Rodgers saying that he needed X amount of players uh, during the 
during during that that, uh, that transfer window. I think he mentioned four players, and uh, you know it was as if a lot of the fans were thinking that that was him sending a message to the board. However, the the reality of the situation in Scotland is that you know to get the kind of player you know that's uh, kind of. Ready, you know, ready-made, uh, not a prospect. I just don't see that type of player coming to Scotland. I just, I, you know, there's surely they're going to have better opportunities and better financial um, uh, opportunities uh, elsewhere. So it, it's, uh, yeah, um, I, I, I'm hoping. Obviously, we're going to have a better transfer window in the summer. The January transfer window is notoriously difficult. Um, so I think it was probably um, probably Brendan Rodgers didn't help help the situation by uh, maybe raising the, the expectations. However, he's right in what he said um, in, in, in was it today's press conference and and, and saying you know this uh, you know, we're we're in a good position. We are in a good position. It's a young team, you know. It's a young team. And there's players there, uh, ideally, um, you know, maybe the, the defence, for instance, the central defence, a, a lot of credits went to the likes of Scales and Welsh. They, they do a good enough job domestically, but there's always a mistake in them. And, and the, the, we can see the mistakes are sometimes just down to their kind of inexperience and the kind of... It's frustrating because more often than not, when they make make the mistakes at the back, it looks a bit panicky, and we're maybe giving possession away. And before and before you know it, there's a there's a guilt edged opportunity handed to the opposition. Let's look at some of them with, yeah. with the guys. I wonder if um, is Burnaby getting better? I feel like he's been written off, and sometimes we do that. We just <clears> pick a pick a, an opinion if you like, and everyone wants to stick by it. I wonder if he's maybe grown into it slightly, looking at performance yesterday. So, at least a bit of praise for him, which you sometimes don't see. Um, yeah, he was probably better than his previous performance. I didn't think he was great at that game up at Aberdeen. Um, better yesterday. Um, I still think when Greg Taylor's fit, Greg Taylor will be back in the team. I still think Celtic will look for a left-back in the summer window. But from where he was, yeah, he probably is getting a bit better, Gordon. But is that also... Because he's getting games now. Awesome. You know, it's the first time yeah. he's probably had any kind of runny games. What was that? His fourth straight start yesterday. So he's now, and by the way, I know it's through injury and, and Greg Taylor is on the way back and, and he will come back into the team, but he's new. I don't need to go on and, and be this incredible superstar to hold down my position. He's going to play. You know, he's going to have a runny games. He maybe feels a little bit more confident and comfortable within the team. And there's no doubt the more you play, like the better you're going to become, you know, particularly when you're, you're a player that's actually came to Celtic, again, young player, a lot of money spent on him, and he's just not settled, he's not settled in the fact that he's, he's just not had game time, you know, he's not been able to nail down that starting slot, so now he's had this wee run of games, I think it's on, listen, you would need to be, in my opinion, if he hadn't, then I think that would have been it, you know, had he not kind of started to progress, and, and you've seen at least a bit of praise, like you say, off yesterday, I thought he was, he was okay yesterday, definitely better in the previous game, so uh, yeah, 
it would surprise me if he hadn't. Listen, he's playing for Celtic with good players about you. You should be able to go and play that role, particularly when the majority, I would say his best stuff's probably when he's, he's looking to move forward. You're going to be attacking for the most part against uh, when you're playing playing for Celtic. So <laughs> there's no doubt they're going to look for a left-back summer. There's no doubt Greg Taylor will come back into the team. But I think the outcry again, how bad he, even our, our, our own Dazzler had written him off. So uh, I think he's, he, he performed pretty well in the, in the game I yesterday. Think, I think that area of the team yesterday, Kenny, Brendan Rodgers will take most satisfaction from because for various reasons, it turned into Ralston, Welsh, Scales and Burnaby. Now, last season when Celtic won the treble, it was Johnson, Carter Vickers, Starfield and Taylor. And those lads, three of them were in reserve and one was on loan at Aberdeen. So for those four lads to be thrown together in the team yesterday and to keep a clean sheet against a very accomplished St Mirren team, um, Joe Hart had to make a couple of saves, a couple of dramatic clearances, one from Welsh, I remember, in the first half. I think Brendan Rodgers would be content with their performance yesterday. What did you make of the fact Kyogo scored Paddy? How important do you think that could be? He obviously played as well as uh, Adam Eder. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I was saying that to your producer um, earlier. And yes, it's quite excited by the prospect of Ida uh, uh, and uh, Kyogo um, with a partnership and their understanding uh, uh, growing week by week. I like Kyogo playing in that deeper role. Um, you know, we've seen glimpses glimpses of it in the past. Uh, you know, scored a, a wonderful goal in the derby match uh, in the early part of the second half when he uh, you know got that great strike uh, from from outside the mm. box. Um, and then when he came on, um, I think it was uh, Aberdeen game. Yeah, he came on and he was running at defenders, running at them from a deeper. And he's so quick, he's so skillful, and that's like a breath of fresh air. That's the edge of the seat stuff. And I thought, well, you know, why why don't we go with that? Because a lot of the defences are kind of, you know, they know what can Kyogo can do when it, when he's playing. Uh, you know, the, the you know, in the front line, um, you know, they, they know. And with him playing in a deeper role, they don't know what to expect. Yeah, it was certainly you different, know, Kenny. I wonder what you thought in terms of Kyogo probably needed a goal. Um, he's doing all right in the cup because he scored against Bucky in the last round. But I think his last league goal was that was that Rangers game, I would imagine, unless I've missed one. Um, <clears throat> is that something Celtic can do going forward? Or what did you make of it? You know, I must say, I've said quite a lot of times when I've I think callers have came on and put that well Celtic should play two up front and Kyogo to maybe play that a little bit withdrawn what I do think is it does take away from that constant threat of Kyogo's yeah. movement when he's on that last line and that's where he lives and what how many times have we seen him make those movements early potentially be offside but the ball goes wide and he gets the cut back and he's there already for the goal I think it takes away something there but I also think it's because they've maybe not had the guy to play up front you know, I think mm-hmm. Ida now could maybe be that guy. And the one thing, Kyogo's movement has always been very, very good. See, when you're making that movement from deeper, it's even harder to mark because the, the defenders are more got their eyes on the striker or, or or even the wingers that are maybe moving. So when you're coming for that little bit withdrawn position and making that run, again, arriving in the box late like he did for his goal, it's very, very hard to mark. And like Paddy says, he's so quick and sharp that he's always going to probably buy that half yard. You know, I, I think it will take away for the goal threat. You know, I don't think he would get as many goals from that area, but I think he showed, and again, it's something maybe I didn't think he could do. I thought he'd mm. done that pretty well in that deeper role yesterday. Do you think it helps, if that's the right word, Roger Hanna, in a roundabout way that 
it's easier to drop someone. I mean, yesterday was Paolo Bernardo. You know, shuffle things around if it's not like they're all in sparkling form. You know, if your wingers are in this irresistible form and your midfielders in irresistible form, then you think, well, how am I going to change? How am I going to change this formation? How am I going to suddenly go yeah. with two attackers? But actually, Brendan Rodgers probably got to a point yesterday where he thought, well. You know, I can, I can, I can try something different, or I'm going to have to try something different. Yeah, and I think the important thing for me, Kyogo has to be in the team because it doesn't matter whether he's up top in his own, whether he's slightly off an Ida or an O or whatever. Um, Kyogo is Celtic's most dangerous player, and in the big games, he shines. This is the type, the time of the season when you expect him to kick on. You know, you think of the goals he scored in cup finals against Hibs and against Rangers, and just look at the two old firm games this season. He got the winner at Ibrox. And he scored the winner with that outstanding goal at Celtic Park. He is Celtic's talisman. His form hasn't been this season what it's been in the two seasons under Ange. Nobody's pretending it is, Gordon. But he's still Celtic's most dangerous player. He took his goal very well yesterday. And however you put the team, you know, whether it's a sort of 4 2 3 1 as it was yesterday, whether it's the, the 4 3 3 that's become the sort of orthodox lineup, if you like, under Ange and under Brendan, Kyogo has to play. I think it also feeds into the fact that you're right, the, that third midfield slot, I mean, Matt O'Reilly and Callum McGregor play every single week, you know, but with Hatati being injured, and again, when he did come back, maybe not quite mm-hmm. the same player as what he had been under Ange. You've had Turnbull, who's been in and out. You've now had Bernardo, who had a little spell kind of run about Christmas where you thought, OK, maybe he's now finding his feet, but then not so much. So you're thinking, right, did you play that guy who's maybe not playing as well? I think that's what you're saying. Or do you actually play one of my best players? You know, because the, the thing about... Coaching management's hard enough, but when you're maybe leaving one of your best players out for whatever reason, get your best players on the team. And if they need to kind of adjust the formation at all, or maybe one of the players needs to adjust the role, which in this point it was Kyogo yesterday, then I think you need to get your best players on your team. Uh, thank you very much to Paddy. What about Charles? How are you, Charles? Hi, Gordon. How are you doing? Hi, good. Thanks. What's your point tonight? Uh, my point tonight is the same as it was last week, uh, Gordon, to be honest. What does Conor Golson need to do to get sent off? <laughs> That's, that's, that's Groundhog Day we've got to say it every week is it going to take somebody to get injured before we start looking at what he's doing is that what it's going to take are they, and so thereby are the SFA or the referees the officials are they putting people in danger by letting him away every week that's a second violent challenge well usually I think it's handballs people moan about <laughs> so there's no violence or, or dangering to be had there but we are on to a different um, argument maybe this weekend what does Conor Goldson need to do to be sent off should he have been sent off this week, I think, is the, the fairer question. Um, you need to look at all these things in isolation. So Go leave on, all the previous stuff before. All the furore after the game on Saturday night was Scott Brown criticising Willie Collum for not flashing a second yellow card at Fabio Silva. I actually thought the worst challenge in the game was Conor Goldson's challenge. Um, the two Fabio Silva challenges, there might be yellow cards, there might be not yellow cards. I think it would have been harsh to walk for those two challenges alone. But the Conor Goldson challenge, I thought he was out of control and I thought the Air United player did him a real favour by standing up and trying to continue the move and the break forward um, You know, for the others to push for the equaliser at that stage. didn't think it was a clever challenge at all. I thought it was probably worse than the one Dujon Sterling got the red card for the previous week. And it was definitely worse than James Bolton's. Uh, for something yeah. against Dundee so listen it, it was out of control I think we're, we're talking about it before the show see when a player takes a heavy touch and the immediate reaction is to try and go and correct that heavy touch refs usually sort of that gets their antenna going usually refs absolutely it? because it is it's one. a telltale sign that there, there could be something coming here 
I thought he was very, very fortunate that VAR never came. But listen, it must have had a look at it, but we never seen there was any check. There was obviously no call to go to the monitor. Mm. I thought he was very, very fortunate that he never got called to the monitor because that was, for me, it was lungy. He did look out of control. He was trying to correct the mistake. And I think... There's no doubt the players helped. Though I think it was Silla who just kind of he kind of moved yeah. through the challenge, and he could see an opportunity to send Anton Dows away one v one with John Suter with Connor Goldson out of the game, and he stood up and he then released his teammate to go and get an opportunity to score. Uh, so there's no doubt again the reaction of the fans would have helped had there been a number yeah. of opposition supporters there. But I, th- I do think Connor was pretty lucky in that that occasion. I guess these are the bits, Roger, you'll never be able to take away. There's that other debate about, okay, so what, the players have to go down, to get, and, you know, and then that's why they go down, so that decisions go in their favour. But their player obviously just thought he could carry on, and when there's no noise from the crowd, you, you, yeah. you, you don't really notice it at the time. You, you just don't. I guess that's human nature. The argument would be that, well, that VAR's there for things that, that you don't notice at the time. Are we, are we to assume there actually wasn't that much contact, and that's why the player was able to continue because does, it, does it, it matter if still, there's not that much contact well, that, because that's what the, one, the one Kenny mentioned James Bolton has got very well none really very very little contact actually do John Sterling I, I actually thought that was a red card under the rules just because of the pace yeah but again very very little contact so we can't say there was very little contact with Conor Goldson and Roy mm. Seller because the two previous ones were red cards for very little contact I think they're agreeing with you Charles uh, well that makes a change <laughs> to get everybody well it just shows you now it just shows you, but it doesn't. And in terms of uh, uh, non much reaction, it's the ref's job. Sometimes you see a goal, and I know it when you're watching something, and um, but, uh, if, did it, uh, somebody scores, like a wee team scores, and the stadium's deadly silent, but it's still a goal. The referee sees it goes in. He's watching, you know, you're, he's watching the game, is what I'm trying to say. No, I, I, I get I get that, and it's not like the rules are the rules. I just mean there must, there must be a, there's a human nature part of it. Me, as an yeah. example, watching I, it is not something that really. Catches your attention to you go. Let me see that. You know, can I let me see that again? But then that's what Val's for. Well, you be, be honest. When I seen the challenge, I, I, I was like, I see, oh, you know your you stuff. Know, like, I'm just, you could, I just, could, I just going to see the player yeah, carrying on. But you could see, and I think when you see the stills there again, it looks really, really bad because you've got Connor Goldson's foot probably halfway up. Yeah. I think it was Silla's shin. But see, when you actually see it in real time, his foot also does kind of move in between his legs as well. So, like you say, there might be not as much contact as what that still shows. Mm. But there was very, very little contact in that mm-hmm. previous two that we talked about. What you, well. need, what you need to do tomorrow, Charles's phone again and say it's Groundhog Day. Uh, no, don't, don't. Let's let's not do it. Thank you, Charles. Let me tell you about this before we go further. Now might be a good. That was a, that could be a nice transition into the Rangers air game if you so wish, Rangers fans. What did you make of it? So debuts. Uh, sorry, we saw starts for Cortez and Diomandi. Are you excited by them? What did you What did you take away from that one on? Saturday but before we get to that it's a rollover on make me a winner because last time out we got a hello instead of those four life changing words just think what would you do if the call came your way I mean the first answer to that should be I would say make me a winner but I mean with the money £122,000 tomorrow you need to be in that draw so text yes to 61025 Text of £2 plus your standard network rate. You can enter at Clyde1.com with online entry at £2 or call 0330 8804523. Calls charged at a standard rate as well. It's over 18s only. Entries since Sean won on Friday have rolled over and all the other rules for this network competition can be found online. If you get the call after 3pm tomorrow, answer within five rings. Say, make me a winner. 
and the £122,000 would be yours. Text yes to 61025. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are here on the usual number Good to see you've made it You're no doubt one of those that stayed up all night watching that uh, NFL nonsense last night a wee bit Guaranteed we- A wee bit weary I have to say Take the day off today did you? Uh, yes I did Watching that yeah. A day off to watch a day the off. Because he's going to be watching the Because he's again. the gaffer, that's why. Yeah, it's right. Was it worth it? Yes, it was. Was it really? Yeah, it was a terrific game. Absolutely terrific. Yeah. What was terrific about it? Just everything about it. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. He's now won three in the last five years. On each occasion, Gordon, the Chiefs have been 10 points behind and he's basically carried them on his mm-hmm. back to three Super Bowls. And 28 years of age... He, if anyone can challenge Tom Brady to be the greatest of all time, it will be this guy. I thought you were going to give him Man of the Weekend at the start of the show. <laughs> How was Usher? He, Usher was good, was, actually. Was he, right? I, I, I Roger Hanna's a, a big Usher fan, you, apparently. You won't, you, you won't be surprised to know, I'm not wholly familiar Are with his not? back catalogue. <laughs> right, okay. However, I was watching it, and it was good. The longest ever halftime show. <sighs> uh, the players, because he was on so long, the players actually had to come out and do a warm-up again at the end of Usher's set. But very impressive. And, you know... Taylor Swift has now taken NFL to such a different level. Hugh Keevans was texting me about it earlier on today. No way, he stayed he up. Wasn't up at that time. No, well, he was, <laughs> but only to use the facilities. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, and he was yeah, asking about uh, Swifty, as he referred to. Well, we're glad Roger's here after his late night anyway, right? What about Stephen on the line? How are you, Stephen? Evening, how are you doing, guys? Good, good, Stephen. Good. What's on your mind this evening? Um, I've just I heard about the, the previous caller there I'm bubbling about Goldson and not being set off for his rash challenge but mm-hmm. I just want to know what you guys think of the two-footed challenge at Burnaby done yesterday is that not worthy of a straight red? I didn't hear him mention that at all Yes, this is peak super scoreboard What? Talk about one of our players should have been sent off I think you'll find one of your players should have been sent off <laughs> Burnaby Did he take a risk? Should he have been sent you know, off? You know, so it's a bit like talking about the Fabio Silva wins earlier on. I wasn't convinced Fabio Silva, you know, was worthy of any more than he got from Willie Collum. I'm not too sure about Burnaby. Talk about out being out of control. I'm not so sure he actually was out of control. I thought it was clumsy more than malicious. But, <clears> to, you know something, the phrase you used there, was he taking a risk? He probably was, Gordon, yeah. Uh, but I'll take issue with your word clumsy, <clears> right? I'm not saying it's a red before anyone gets all... Up in arms about it, but clumsy always suggests to me a bit accidental. Does this seem like he's he's tried to get him at two feet and he's probably come down early enough, yeah. Kenny? I think he's very lucky that he's he's just caught the St Mirren player on the side of the boot, rather actually on the top of the boot. Had it had it been a full kind of foot on the boot, I think because of the two footed nature, of it, I think he could have. Oh, well, he was definitely running the risk of getting a red card. I don't think it was. But there was no speed to it. Like you say, like you say he was. He knew what he was doing. And I think he actually knew when he was putting his feet down as well. There was a small bit of contact. For me, we can't be seeing red cards for that. Even though, by the way, we have done last week. He, um, I noticed at the time, he, well, Celtic players, I think, were claiming that he was pulled back first. So it would have been interesting to see what had come of that if the decision had been made, you know, if the ref had given the free kick in the first place. Um, but you're not... You, you, think this, you think that definitely is a red Stewart or is this a... Um, sorry, Stephen, or is this a... Part retaliation really to the last call. It's, it's not a retaliation, but the way we're going on about challenges this season, you can't do this, you can't do that. There's getting me two feet, there's getting me intent, there's getting me clumsiness. 
Det lykkedes for råd, det er at fiske dem med udstyr. Og det var affærd stampe, det skal nogen ned. Og så ved jeg, dog det. Bruce, og så ved jeg, Yeah, the guys are not convinced. I just don't think there's enough contact, Stephen, to be honest. I just think that he's, when he goes in and, like he says, there, there's no speed to it. He, he, is, he is in control for me. He is two-footed. But when you see, like, you actually have to look really, really close. And you probably have to look at it three or four times to see. You can maybe just see the St. Brown player's boot just rocking a little bit maybe when he's caught him. But there's very, very little contact, even though it was two-footed. Mm, right, we'll agree to disagree. What did you make of your team? It was a slow performance. We could have done better. <clears throat> could have took more chances. I think um, it's a cup game. You never know what way it's going to go. He gave a good account of it. But only the next one, we'll do what we do best, and we we keep winning the now. Yeah, I think that's fair. You have to cup ties sometimes. You just get through them and, and look on to the next round. Of course, it's an interesting tie. Rangers got away at Easter Road, where they do have a good record. It has to be said. But again, on paper, you're looking maybe for the home tie and. And so on. Do you know what I'm doing? Squeeze one more in, I think, before the news. So thanks very much to Stephen. What about Stuart? Uh, Stuart, what, what stood out for you from a, a Rangers perspective at the weekend? Uh, Oscar Cortez. I thought he was absolutely fantastic in the first half. You know, he was uh, fast, direct. The first thought in his mind was to get by the player, which he did a few times. You can clearly see he's got an eye for goal. And I, I think, like, we have a good few uh, more games under his belt, uh, he'll become a real asset for Rangers. Yeah, Kenny, there would be the usual caveat. It's a, probably a good fixture to put him in from the start. It's at home against lower league opposition. But, again, cliche time. You can only play what's in front of you. Were you impressed? I was, but I was also impressed in the, in the couple of cameos that had made in the, in the previous games as well, the league games. Uh, I agree with Stuart. I think he's he's got that 1v1 ability. Again, you've seen that when he came on against Aberdeen uh, on Tuesday night as well. I just think he's, he's a different proposition to the likes of Matondo. Uh, and Sima, I think he can. He brings a lot of the qualities that they've got into one player. You know, Sima's maybe not the dribbler and the ball carrier, but he's he's got an eye for goal. Matondo's got the pace and, and that ability. Again, he's maybe not got that eye for goal, that composure. I think Cortez looks like he could be, and it's only early. You see, you're looking at three appearances, one start. He looks like he could be. One of these the best of both worlds out of those uh, two. For me at this moment in time, yes, because I've also seen when you you watch the game, and yes, it's against there, but you, like you say, you can only play against who you're playing against. It can be inside as well and, and, and combine, you know, so he's got that ability to, to kind of go inside and allow Borna Barisic to push up and give the width, which Rangers do a lot, but he's also got the ability where he can get his, he can get the paint on his boots and be 1v1, and if you isolate him, he looks like he could be a very dangerous player. And even though he's not scored yet, see when that ball's on the opposite side, something that was kind of thrown at Ryan Kennedy and never done enough, he looks hungry to get in the box as well. I think there's been really, really good signs. I agree with Stuart. In the early part of his Rangers career, I think there looks like he could be a real, real good player for Rangers. The second half. Closest look we got at Mohamed Diamandi as well, Stuart. Early impressions there? Yeah, definitely. It showed some uh, flashes. Uh, and no, it probably didn't st- stand out as much as Cortez. But again, you have to give him a bit of leeway. It's his first game, first start for Rangers, you know what I mean? So, uh, but he's definitely got one for the future, Diamandi. Uh, so I was, I was quite impressed with the two of them but I'm really that's what I wanted to come on and say as well you know I just think we, hopefully Rangers can go top of the league tomorrow which I think they will emphatically I think we'll win at least 4-0 tomorrow and I think that'll be us we'll stay there we, Celtic won't knock, knock us off our perch I really believe that you know once we get top of the league that'll be us laser focused to the end of the season and, and will you win the Scottish Cup as well? of course Gordon <laughs> 
treble, treble's incoming for Rangers this season and hopefully the quadruples well. I know I might be getting a wee bit ahead of myself there, but I think we'll, we'll, this will be a really successful season for Rangers. A quadruple or a treble, says Stuart. And by the way, you never know. Stuart, he's putting his neck out there. You want to agree or disagree with that prediction, you are more than welcome. Give us a call right now and we'll play this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. It's a new week on Beat the Pundit. Let's see how you can get on a clean slate on 01419511025 and the lines close at 7. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are here. They are looking back on all the weekend's biggest talking points. If you think we're missing some, put us right, give us a call. We've obviously looked at Celtic's trip to St Mirren yesterday. Touched a bit on Ayr's trip to Ibrox just before the news. Have you just gone into hiding? I understand the feeling, Motherwell fans. It was the only real technical shock of, of the weekend if you're looking at the lower ranked team knocking out the higher ranked team. So where did it go wrong? How much does that one sting? Maybe you Morton fans want to come on and praise the job Dougie Emery's done. 01419511025 and we'll play this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk/football. Right, it's a new week on Beat the Pundit. I think it was a fairly comfortable win for the pundits last week, unfortunately, but hopefully that changes tonight. Noah is impressed with it. How's it going, Noah? Ah, not bad. An Air United fan. What did you make of the game on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I mean, we weren't too bad, but I mean, you know, we're never really going to go to Ibrox. I'm surprised them. I didn't think, but. Gave it a, we gave it a go. That, I think that's a sort of fair assessment, Roger. We know yeah. you are sympathetic to all things Air United. Yeah, yeah everybody would have been predicting a heavy scoreline. It wasn't that. Is that just what you take away from it? Yeah, no, it was nothing like a heavy scoreline either. I think Scott Brown would be very content with the performance. Um, a couple of flash points he wasn't as happy with in regard to Wally Collum, but it's, it's been a decent enough start. You know, the, the win at Hamden was good. Um, then losing narrowly to Dundee United at home isn't the worst result, not wholly unexpected. But I think Scott Brown and Stephen Whittaker will take a lot from the performance at Ibrox, and it's now back to the normality away at Airdrie, where Airdrie have already won this season. That's the, the next mm. one on Saturday. As is often the way on this show, Noah, we've had Celtic fans on on your behalf saying that Connor Goldson should have been sent off. Have you? Was there any frustration in some of the calls, or ultimately is it just a game that was beyond you anyway? I mean, I doubt it would have made too much of a difference, but I mean, when you see the challenge back, I'd say probably should have been set off, but it's just one of those things that sometimes it'll go for you, sometimes it won't. Yeah, you're very understanding, it has to be said. Now, what I really want you to do is to go studs up on Kenny Miller or Roger Hanna tonight. If you can, heads, it will be Kenny Miller, tails, it will be Roger Hanna, and it is heads. Kenny, up against Noah. In press week, so we'll give Kenny some greatest hits radio. I've just dropped my pen, that must have looked really good on the live stream, but I've got a spare one, so let's give Kenny some music to listen to. And we've got 30 seconds on this clock, Noah. Answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know the answer, okay? Right, okay. Right, your time starts now. Who do Rangers face in the quarter finals of the Scottish Cup? Hibs. Who's got the most Premiership assists so far this season? Uh, Matt Riley. Who was the manager of Dundee before Tony Doherty? Uh, pass. Name, oh, no, name any player that scored a brace in the Scottish Cup fifth round. Pass. Which country won the AFCON this weekend? Ivory Coast. Who's currently top of the English Premier League? 
Uh, Arsenal. Sam Nicholson joined Motherwell from what MLS team? Atlanta United. Okay, let's bring back Kenny. Can you hear us? Me and Roger are just what are you 50 two? Cent here? Honestly. <laughs> 50 cent? 50 cent in the club. On the greatest hit trade. Started the day with Usher, finishing it with 50 cent. <laughs> no, it's, I'm going to have to look into this because obviously when I'm speaking, for those on the live stream, unfortunately when I'm speaking, the camera will be on me. So I was reading the questions. Hence why you could see me, but surely one of those other cameras has picked up Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller <laughs> bobbing along to 50 Cent. That's going to be... 50 Cent in the club, love it. We will have failed... Take me back to my Wolves days. If that, was, that, was that a big theme tune for you back <laughs> it then? It absolutely was, was yeah. It? yeah. Back in the day, yeah. Did you link that to like an era in your life? So that, that would have been the big song at the time when yeah, you were at Wolves? Yeah, Wolves, yeah. On the dressing Probably room? 2001, 2002, yeah. Ish. Were you team team DJ? No, no, Jolene Lescott would always be on the... Always be on the decks. Loves a bit of DJ now, actually. Does so he? Does I? Is there always like one designated person at any club you go Normally, to that sort of I, takes I control? Think Rangers will probably still be Tav. He loves his loves being on the the musical choices. Similar genre. Aye. Yep. Good. Some of these modern footballers, Roger. <laughs> None of that. Bangers. What bangers? Would Gordon <laughs> DL have about Joe Longthorne and yeah Tony uh-huh. Christie? What was his gym playlist again? Oh, it was absolutely horrendous. There was, um, was there not some Dolly Partner, Kenny Rogers yeah, on it as well? Like yeah, blanket on the ground or something. Oh, anyway. Billy Joe Spears. Right, let's get Kenny the same <clears throat> set of questions. You ready? Yep. 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Who do Rangers face in the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup? Hibs. Who's got the most Premiership assists this season? Palmer. Who was the manager of Dundee before Tony Doherty? Gary Boyer. Name any player that scored a brace in the Scottish Cup fifth round. Miofsky. Which country won the AFCON this weekend? Ivory Coast. Who's top of the English Premier League? Liverpool. Sam Nicholson joined Motherwell from which MLS side? Colorado. Who was the last team out with the old firm to win the Scottish Cup? St Johnston. Who were the top ranked side drawn in Scotland's Nations League group? Pot one side. Croatia. Mm, Noah. He sounded, he sounded pretty confident. What do you think? Oh, he's done me there. <laughs> wow, let's find out. Rangers face Hibs. You both got that. That's like what you could have won, Noah, unfortunately, as an Air United fan. Um, and I think a calculated, educated guess, you went Matt O'Reilly, but it is Luis Palma. He's got nine Premiership assists. It's quite good going, actually, isn't it? Didn't yeah, realise it was that high. Uh, the Dundee manager before, Tony Doherty. Noah, I think you said... Gary Boyer. You knew it, but you passed Aye. first, didn't you? So, yep, 3-1 Kenny. The players who scored the brace at the weekend were Miofsky, Shankland, which is just like it's becoming predictable now, isn't it, that those two score every week, and Joel Nubley, Kenny keeps going, Ivory Coast won the AFCON. What a story that was, Roger Hanna. Fantastic, yeah. Binned their manager mid-tournament, lost 4-0, sacked their manager, and went on to win the thing well, they were on vir- home they soil. They were virtually out in the group stage. You only sneaked through as one of the, I think the last... Of the four best third place teams because Ghana lost a goal in added time. They still sacked the manager and the caretaker got them through and they won it in a great story. Sebastian Haller scored in the winner after everything he's been through. It was an incredible goal as well. Yeah. We've not had anything close to that in Europe drama, have we? Spain been their manager the night before a tournament or something, didn't they? Yeah, because you thought he was going to Real Madrid afterwards. But mid tournament. And then go on and win it. And I saw Mohamed Diomandi going into the Rangers training yeah, ground today, resplendent in his ivory coast <laughs> top. Rubbing it right in Leon yeah, Balligan. Leon yes. Balligan didn't like it. Right, who's top of the English Premier League? It's Liverpool. Kenny keeps going. He's getting ev- he's got everyone right so far. Sam Nicholson joined Motherwell from Colorado Rapids. Oh, 
and St Johnston were the last team out with the old firm. It is an eight. Two victories. Let's have the last two questions. See Kenny if he can get Miller. the ten. I thought I got that one, Sam. Because I thought he had moved. I know he was at Colorado. I don't know if he had went. You're going for the ten. Am I right in saying you've gone for the ten before? Yeah, but fell short. And still remember the question. Might so, be the same one. Maybe hopefully. So weirdly, the only person who I think's got the ten is is Hugh Evans. Yeah, and he's got a mug. To um, he's a what? <laughs> yeah, well, he has got a mug. Yeah. to mark the occasion. Can we get the tense music? Do we have that we within our capabilities? A bit of tension. Oh, there we go, as well. Where are we? What one have I missed out? Um, name either team that played in the Scottish Championship over the weekend. Dunfermline. Got beat 3 0. Oh, we get nine questions here. One, there two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, what question have I missed? Have I missed a question out? Because you got Croatia, right? Oh, no, but you never counted that one. You never gave us that. Oh, so it's nine anyway, so you got nine Aye, in real time. Been. On flames. That's sensational. That's a ten. Then, there as far as I can see, Bush. yeah. Hibs, Palma, Dunfermline, yep. Boyer, Miowski, Ivory Coast, Liverpool, Colorado, St Johnston, Croatia. Oh, there we He's go. Done it. Done. Well done. Me and you, my partner. My well, I was going to say, partner. like that, with no disrespect, I know he'll be listening and he'll be texting in. And he'll be raging. That like diminishes the achievement. I'm sorry, but there we go. Well done. Grudgingly. Yeah. Can't knock that. Different class. Yeah. And you can never go for the ten because you start on minus one. There you go. So unfortunately. Minus two coming up, maybe? No, no. For you? <laughs> no, absolutely he's not. not. Played in a while. He hasn't. Right, no, hard lines. Listen, what can you do? You run up against a man in form. Nah, I mean, nothing I can do there. Brilliant. Good man, Cheers, Noah. Noah. That was Noah in Presswick. 1014 Give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. Weekend Cup action, I suppose. Uh, Roger Hanna will be hoping someone calls about the Super Bowl, but you'll be banned. You'll be kicked <laughs> straight off. Because you're a man of many sports You're the most multi-sporting pundit we've got I think Because most of them are quite mm-hmm. Quite, you know, narrow-minded to, For want of a better phrase I was also waiting on your howler of the weekend Being the, the TMO In the yeah. rugby On Saturday I mean, we've got enough drama with VAR On our hands here yeah. And everybody keeps telling me that Yeah, listen, do you know what we need to do? We need to take a leaf out of rugby's book. Uh-huh. You can hear the communication. It's clear. Everybody knows what's going on and everybody just accepts it. I don't think so. Yeah. I watched it and I actually had it on my laptop as I was at Firhill on Saturday. Oh, did you? Th- thanks for concentrating. Yeah, but look, I was, I was alerting you to any possible drama. If you remember, I texted you in to say there's a, there's a VAR at the rugger. Um, technically, and this won't be a popular opinion, technically... They got it right because you can't see the ball grounded. Ah, How do we know there's not a French hand nah, under it? I don't no, think there was. I don't, think there, I don't think there was, but technically, they got the decision right. Even though I think they probably got it wrong. Nah, not having it. Sorry, I mean just disagreeing for the fun of it. Anyway, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's you had your ten seconds of rugby for the year. So uh, let's get back to the football. He has his text. I did it first, says Hugh Keevans. <laughs> the Nokia has been straight on. I did it first. Nokia's been busy today. Taylor Swift in the afternoon. Oh, honestly, beat the pundit tonight. See, the, see that phone, like the, the the drama that it causes. You would think the fact that it's a very simple phone with very limited capability. So he comes in last week. Now, as we know, um, for all of you who read his uh, Sunday Mail column yesterday and disagreed with it, you will know he's a columnist in the Sunday Mail. Um, and it turns out, I, I, I must, no offence if he's listening, I don't know who, it's somebody at the Sunday Mail, some sort of editor or boss of his or whatever. Um, and he had somehow, accidentally on the Nokia, blo- like blocked this person's number. He'd added him to like a, like a barred call list. 
So it meant when one of the only people whose phone calls actually matter to mm-hmm. Hugh in a week was phoning him, it wouldn't ring. It, like you could see if you were looking at the phone that it was ringing that it wouldn't make any noise. And of course, I'm some sort of personal technological wizard to him. And I'm actually quite limited in these things. But compared to him, he thinks I'm, you know, Bill Gates. So sat with the Nokia. Nokia doesn't do very much. You just bash a few buttons until... And there we are. We, we managed to unblock it, solve the mystery. But I just think, how does he manage it? I've never had a conversation with him. Why does he still have the Nokia? Because he can't work anything that's more advanced. But he, he must be. He, he can't. And how is it still working, though? <laughs> how is oh, yeah. it still working? Exactly. What? Him or the phone? <laughs> the phone. No, the phone, the right. Phone. Anyway. 01419511025. Oh, we've got real drama. We've got. Louch has sent me the opposition apparently I've been flashing the full time teaser to the camera by accident when I was doing Beat the Pundit the good thing is Roger Hanna can't see it so I don't really care Kenny Miller can't I'm, see I'm it I'm too busy basking in the glory don't you, do, you two do not go and log on to YouTube here and watch this live <laughs> stream he's right he sent me a screenshot I've picked up my bundle of papers and flashed the full time teaser answers to We'll be getting a WhatsApp in shortly with the answers, don't worry about that. (laughs) Tell you what, this live stream is hard going, this. I have to think about things that otherwise wouldn't have crossed my mind. Anyway, we'll go back to the phones. Gordon, he's a Motherwell fan. It can't be. It's not DL, is it? It's not DL, no, no. No, there's another one out there, three of us, right. There's another one out here. How bad are we talking on Friday? Well... To be perfectly honest, um, it was it was bad. But Stuart Kettlewell, and he's kind of summing up of the game, says that we were out battled basically. Morton didn't offer anything he wasn't prepared for. They were in our faces, and good luck to them. They out battled us everywhere. But the team he put out was young Lennon Miller in the middle of the park with the, the, the wee Polish guy who's quite a neat and tidy player. But I didn't think a windy night, a rainy windy night at Capolo was a place for a young ball player a young ball player or a Polish guy who's quite t- neat and tidy. I thought it was for Andy Halliday and Callum Butcher to be in the middle of the park eh, battling against the likes of power. We've got Theo Bear up front, the odd long ball were tossed up to him. Now he's a big unit, no bad finisher, however he's got zero aggression. And and Big McGabby at the back was the same. George Oakley bullied him all night. Now for Stuart Kettle to come out after the game and say they didn't surprise in any way. We were out battled. We were out battled because he didn't put the right players, mm. the right uh, personnel in the right areas. So, for me, I just don't know where these comments come from. You should be thinking of that before it and no afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so da- da- Davor, as we call him, is Macedonian, just for accuracy purposes. But I take the point, that's who you were re- referring to. Um, I've seen that. I've seen that pointed out a few times. Lennon Miller is a wonderful footballer, and Mother will have been desperate to get him back in the team as you would be. I've seen it floated that of all the fixtures, if you were going to put them back in for one, it's maybe the, the kind of least likely one that you, that you would go for. Do you see any merit in that, or is that hindsight? Um, I think the decision would be taken because Andy Halliday had played so much football, having not played a lot of football before, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. It was He'd come off as well earlier in the Ross County game on the Tuesday night. This change itself didn't surprise me. When Stuart Kettlewell picks that team, Stuart Kettlewell picks it thinking he's got the Premiership quality to beat the championship hosts but as I said in the show on Saturday Gordon if ever there's a football team in the image of its manager it's that Morton team with Dougie Emery because they scrap for everything they snarl for everything they back each other up they've got a terrific ferocious work ethic and Motherwell just couldn't deal with it and you knew 
from the moment, a handful of minutes in, when Alan Power skated that Motherwell midfielder up in the air and he got up with a big grin in his face, you knew Motherwell were up for it. Sorry, Morton were up for it and Motherwell mm. couldn't match that. What do you think, Kenny, our esteemed colleague, Mr Halliday, there's obviously a reason he's not here tonight. Um, Motherwell probably did look a bit better when he, he <coughs> came on, but again, I don't think he'd necessarily, as Roger says, is able to go and play all, all those minutes he's um, not that old Andy is it he's, he's, listen he's been battle hardened he's, he's, he's been operating bench cam for yeah. the full season yeah listen I think uh, hindsight's a wonderful thing isn't it again and there's been there's been such a clamour to get Lennon Muller back into the team because of his abilities and because of how good a prospect he is potentially now looking back on it Stuart Kettle I think maybe maybe they could have flipped it maybe got Andy Halliday in there or Butcher for, for, for that mark because he wasn't in the midfield get them in there, win the battle, and if they can get their noses up, then you can maybe see they get the younger ones on at the end of the game, but you know, hindsight's an, an amazing thing. Andy Hardy played a lot of football, impacted the, the team mm-hmm. already. I'm sure whatever team Stuart Kettlewell picked would believe that they were going ah, to be good enough to go down to Capelo and win that listen, game. Listen, with the one change, Miller for Hardy, that team had beaten Ross County 5-0 on Tuesday night. Yeah. If, if Stuart Kettlewell goes and makes half a dozen changes and puts Callum Butcher into centre mid mm. and plays John Obika up top and, you know, it's Halliday in there when he's not 100% fit and they lose. Then or he gets injured put, because he's yeah, played too much that people week. People criticise yeah. and say, why did you change that team? You know, you've just won a Premier League game 5-0. So, to a certain extent, damned if you do, damned if you don't. And by the way, just, just beat the better team. Well, I was going to say, it's or, also, it's also a simplistic look, yeah. isn't it? Because it wasn't Lennon Miller's fault that no. Miller lost or, that game. Or, or even on the night, the better team yeah. yeah Gordon how much I mean how, how much does it annoy you that defeat or, or how would you quantify well, how big a blow it is the, guy, the guys the guys are right they're talking about hindsight being a wonderful thing and it is a wonderful thing but Stuart Kettlewell said uh, on Wednesday or Thursday in an interview we've got to buck for the battle here but when you have to buck for the battle you've got to have the personnel who have got those attributes and get them on the park Andy Halliday has played a lot of football for somebody, but he should have been willing to start and maybe get taken taken off and there maybe was a wee bit more space in the game. By, by the time Halliday came on, the tone of the match was already set. That first 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. in the game, that's so important to, to, for you to dig away at them as well. You what know? I would say, Gordon, if, you, if, if you're looking for any crumbs of comfort, I thought Motherwell looked better when Halliday was on and when Adam Devine came on, I thought Devine did well for the Motherwell goal. I thought the boy Buyabu on the other side when he came on looked okay. I, I wondered if the fullbacks that finished the game will start the game at Pitodri. I think there's every chance of that. I think getting John Obika fit again, I know he only got a handful of minutes, I think that will help take the pressure off Theo Bear. And I, I, I think... You know, moving forward, I think there will be changes. And, and Leonard Miller's getting fit. That will help mm-hmm. as well because he's a very good player. The, the first goal, obviously, Liam Kelly won't want to see it again, no. ever again. Stuart Kettlewell spoken today and sort of defended his goalkeeper. Um, what did you... He's, he's, how did you look at that he's one? He's dropped one a couple of minutes before um, and got away with it. And I actually wonder if it was preying in his mind. Really, really good delivery of the corner. Um and it's one of them he, he needs to take command he doesn't take command I wonder if the earlier error was just praying in his mind a wee bit I just think that seeing the goal like there's no doubt knowing Liam well he's going to be disappointed in the goal it was an incredible delivery, delivery. right in at the front post over Blair Spittle's head who was in that front area 
And I just think with the bodies around him, Liam's on his, his backwards his backwards momentum. So in terms of taking charge of it, taking charge of it, maybe if it's up there and you can come out and, and command your area. But the fact that was going and kind of coming in low at the near post and his, his movements back over the line, I think looking back at it, the only thing I could have seen him done is actually getting the two fists on it and getting it back out the way it's just came from mm-hmm. because it was so congested. But he was back, he was already over the line, he couldn't catch it because he probably would have taken it over the line. He should have done better, he'll know that. I thought it was just it was a really horrible situation for him to be in and I think looking back on it he'll probably know now what he should have done mm, Thank you very much to Gordon a Motherwell fan looking back on Friday night's debacle plenty of time for your calls whether it is on that one maybe go back you Rangers fans what did you take away from the weekend you've got an interesting week coming up Celtic fans St Mirren fans whoever else is out there give us a call right now and we'll try and get you on after I tell you about this Clyde One Celebrating the first 50 years. That's right, you should have heard by now, but if not, we are bringing back Clyde One Live for the last 50 years. Clyde One's brought you some of the most memorable live gigs, and we felt it was time to do it all over again. As part of our 50th celebrations, we're going to take over the Ovo Hydro on Friday, the 31st of May, and we want you to be there. Got some huge names joining us. The full lineup will be revealed very soon, but if you want to secure your place before they sell out, you can get them at ClydeOne.com. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Listen and watch Check the Twitter feed At Clyde SSB Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here 0141 951 1025 Get your calls in I thought we were about to speak to George in back eight but I think he's dropped off so George if you're listening give us a call back we'll try and get you on same goes for you Darren and Erskine uh, and we'll see how we get on right there's there's a lot of um, Twitter chat going on at the moment because as I alluded to earlier Mark Patterson has joined in as well and he sent me screenshots to say that I accidentally flashed the answers the answers flashed the answers to the full time teaser um, and Mark's concerned that Roger and Henny can Roger and Henny? <laughs> Is he? Roger and Kenny can see it, but they can't, trust me. They cannot see the answers to this. You can, everybody else can, so I've spoiled it for all of you that wanted to play along, but they can't see the answers, and it is one of the hardest full time teasers of all time. Let's do it. The full time teaser with Universal Interiors East Kilbride, offering champion bespoke media units to put you right in the game. Right. It is one of the hardest of all time. I've been wrestling with myself on this because the crazy that, pony. That what you were doing? The crazy pony sent the question in. He's got ten answers, and I thought, Do you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna chop it in half. I'm gonna ask you for the the first five because it's it is that hard. But do you know what? Who cares? We'll just do the ten. If you don't get them, you don't get them. It's just your ego that will have to suffer. Okay. Um, who are the ten most capped active footballers? who've played in the Scottish top flight at some point. So they must still be playing, and they've played in Scotland at some point, and they're the 10 most capped active footballers. So they mu- so must still be playing. They must so still Dave be. was not on the list. Ah, I would, you know, so that was exactly what I was incredible. thinking. Right, okay. They must still be under contract at a professional club. Some of the names on here well, are verging on impossible. Well, but One's right up my street. Noah from Press, we would know it. Must be Aidan McGeady. Yes, 93, I think, Republic of Ireland caps for Aidan McGeady. Well done. Duffy? Nope. nope. So just. Oh, what about Alan Ramsey? 
Yes, 84 Wales caps. You need 83 to get on this list, so it's a it's a decent well, effort. It's as much as that, is it? Yeah. I'm afraid it is. I'm just uh, you're talking about okay. F- Finland. Yes, he's top. Ooh, what a show. He's, he's top of the list. 118 Finland caps. Really? Timo Pukki's got apparently. Wouldn't have had him up there. I mean, I would never doubt um, the crazy pony, but I must admit, I, I would never have thought it was as much as that. Would you? 118. That's some going. Um, so there we go. Timo Pukki, <laughs> top of the list. Well uh, done. Just as a, cl- a non-Scots. Another Scot. Well. No, they've debated three. Just off. a, ah, but nobody will. Of course, Okay, there couldn't really be anyway. But anyway, so that, we'll leave it there. Who are the ten most capped players still playing that have played in Scotland at some point? Timo Pukki with hundred and eighteen caps, unbelievable. Aidan McGeady's got ninety three, still at Air United, and Aaron Ramsey back at Cardiff, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's got eighty four. So we'll leave it there. I think you'll get. Mm, I think you'll get. Four more, but a couple of them are wow doozies. Oh, and whatever the next level of that is, right? Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. We can revisit earlier topics if you want. Rangers fans, what did you make of Cortez Diomande? From in fact, the last Rangers fan we heard from said you were going to win the quadruple. So I wonder what you make of that on oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Celtic fans, we were discussing yesterday was all about that. Result was the performance better. How did you view it? Brendan Rogers says that the, the negativity is coming from elsewhere and it won't bring Celtic down. They will have their day, he says. Uh, and I wonder how you feel about where things are after quite the quite the week, wasn't it? Going back to the transfer window on the Friday, Petodri on the Saturday, getting it over the line late against Hibs and then winning in the cup. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Give us a call. Right now, we've had Motherwell fans on, not too happy. What about you, St Mirren fans? You feel you're really giving it a good, a good go. Is that is that fair? Sometimes can you just take them on the chin? Are we are we still in such a place in Scottish football where the gulf is there to the extent that St Mirren can actually play pretty well, and Celtic might even still be a little bit off it, and yet that's still not enough. Is that is that what we saw yesterday? You know, I, I think I think St Mirren are right at the at the top of their game, and and they were always it was always going to be yeah. a tough game for Celtic. I think Celtic were like done enough to to win yeah. the game. I thought they were pretty comfortable at the moment. Obviously, they had their moments. I mean, St Mirren, particularly early in the game, they were throwing balls into the box. They were making Celtic defend. I'll be honest. For me, that's what teams need to do to Rangers and Celtic. They need to get the ball forward. They need to get the ball in the box. They need to ask the likes of Goldsons and that inexperienced backline of Scales. Welsh, Ralston and Burnaby, they need to make them defend. You know, and I thought they actually done that pretty well for, for times. There was always going to be moments when Mandrom was going to get on the end of things or a set play would come in like Gogic did and he, he turned and hit the crossbar. Oh, he was, was unlucky, wasn't he? Very unlucky. Yeah. Overhead. Yeah. 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 He played really well. He, he, he had two like, good opportunities, but again, it kind of typified for me how you need to actually go about your business when you play the old firm. You need to get the ball forward. You're looking for the set plays. You're looking to kind of put a lot of pressure on their goal and make them defend. And I thought Celtic stood up to it. Remember St Mirren winning the cup 10 or 11 years of the league cup under um, Danny Lennon a really good team John McGinn Stephen Thompson Kenny McLean and the like in the team and there was a team that you scored the winner in the league cup final Gus McPherson's team good St Mirren teams but this St Mirren team the last two years is going to have back to back the highest finish in a league by a St Mirren team in 40 years Kenny it's a magnificent achievement by Stephen Robinson and a magnificent achievement by his players and they did really, really well against Celtic yesterday, out the cup. 
beat Celtic last season at St Mirren Park, got a point at Celtic Park as well. This is a good St Mirren. This St Mirren team is better than the current Aberdeen team or the current Hibernian team. No doubt about it. So it was a good performance by them yesterday. And it says a lot for Celtic that they went and won there with limited, you know, a limited amount of fuss. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it is easier in theory when when you're at home. But did it show that you, know, you don't always have to sort of sit and accept your fate? I think Stephen Robinson said, he, you know, they press Celtic about as well as anyone has in his mind. Uh, listen, I think <clears throat> I've had... If I recall a cup, was that, was that game last year where St Mirren actually went to Celtic Park and really went after them? I think they end up losing four or five, actually. Yeah. But it was like three or four really, really late goals. Uh, yeah, they've done a couple of times. Yeah, so they? he's got a blueprint of how he needs to play. But see, when you're at home and you've got that kind of weed, that tight kind of little stadium and, you know, it was like the, the pitch is no great either in terms of Celtic trying to pass... I think going after them a little bit when they're trying to play out again. It was it was talked a lot on the on the commentary about they're losing. Even Callum McGregor was getting the ball nicked off him in the middle of the pitch because the front foot again. See when you've got the players to do that. Kieran Abakis plays in there. That's his game. You know he absolutely loves get, getting all over people. Again he probably has a few fouls where uh, he was pretty, he was probably riding his luck not to get booked early. But he just loves getting in and get, making contact with people, nicking things. He's really aggressive. So they've got a good team. They've got good players within that team. And like I said, I thought, particularly at the start of the game, they were asking Celtic a lot of questions. Of course, Quan couldn't play because yeah. he's on loan from Celtic, which is just that's the way we tend to do things here. Did they not see see Bayer Leverkusen? Yep. See that game at the weekend? Yeah. yeah. A Bayern Munich loanee yeah. at Bayer Leverkusen scored against Bayern Munich and in, a, about, in what, a top of the table clash. What about the third goal? At the weekend. Oh, certain. Jeremy, Jeremy Frimpong. Great goal, great celebration. They're going to win that you, league. I mean, and Javi Alonso is going to take over at Liverpool. I know we're totally different from anywhere. Imagine that scenario here. I mean, you wouldn't get a loan between our top two teams anyway. But then playing against the parent club and scoring in a crucial game at the top of the league. I've always thought that rule was a bit of a nonsense. I just let them. But then when you see episodes like that, you think, no. You've, well, you've got what, to get that clause was, in there. What was a nonsense, if you remember? In the last round of the Cup, and Rangers went and won at Dumbarton. Uh, Dumbarton, oh, yep. Dumbarton, the young <clears throat> yeah. goalie, Hogarth on, on loan from Rangers. Both teams were willing to allow the lad to play, right? and the yeah. SFA blocked it. So mm. that's yeah. nonsense. Anyway, uh, back to the phones. Ricky is on the line. How are you, Ricky? I'm all right, Gordon. Thanks for taking my call. Ian Kenny. Hi, Ricky. Pleasure, Ricky. What made you call tonight? I was listening to you earlier on, and they were talking about uh, the Golston tackle. It was maybe because Wally Collin was refereeing do you think there might have been maybe Wally didn't want to cause any more kind of throwing around that maybe he was advised before he took the game you know to be maybe a wee bit low profile and also I'd like to say to the Celtic fans listen calm down we are doing fine we are sitting top of the league okay maybe not on Wednesday but we're sitting top of the league we're still in the Scottish Cup and we've got a lot of players out, and it just goes to, to show how good a manager Brendan is that he put that team together against a very, very good St Mirren team and they come out two goals, clean sheet. Uh, I, there was an inevitability about the weekend and that's why it was quite annoying that it got to this stage. Either Willie Collum was going to give Rangers a decision and people like Ricky were going to say, ah, the pressure's worked. 
or he was going to give a decision against Rangers and Rangers fans were going to say, oh, well, of course he did. He's tried he's try to get us back for requesting that we don't have a referee games anymore. I, I kind of knew it would happen. It was inevitable. So answer Ricky's question. Was he advised before the game to stay low profile? Um, I don't think he did stay low profile because he ended up in a, getting his... Um a bit of criticism from the United manager. Ah, but low profile where Rangers are concerned, no, I think, is like, Ricky's question. Listen, there's a VAR there as well. So, you know, the Fabio Silva decision can't go to VAR because mm. it would be a second booking rather than a straight red card. I, listen, for everybody who thinks Silva should have walked, there was somebody who thinks he shouldn't have walked. Uh, the goal, the as we discussed earlier on, Gordon, that was the, that was a real contentious one for me. Now, Ricky's second point shows how good a manager Brendan Rodgers is that he put that team together to go and you know get the win in the clean sheet and is this where we, is this where it can be hard to analyse Celtic and Rangers sometimes right because they do deserve credit I don't want to take any credit away from them but the way we word that you know put the team together to go and beat St Mirren Stephen Robinson would bite your hand off for every single member yeah. of that Celtic team and the well, subs Stephen Robinson bite your hand off for, for a guy who couldn't get into Celtic's first team or the bench and he's doing very well for St Mirren and Stephen Robinson's very happy with him it, listen it was a difficult tie on paper I think it was the only all premiership tie of the weekend <clears throat> difficult one for Celtic to navigate they've lost there before um, there was a negative narrative according to the manager going into the game so they've got through it they've got through it with a bit to spare they're now at home to Livy in a quarter final they will expect to get back to Hamden and uh, I think it's, a, it's been a good day's work for Celtic and Paisley you think there has been too much negativity around Ricky? Yes definitely definitely I come and see fans and come and see pundits you know, uh, both sides of the, uh, the divide pundits negatively towards Celtic lately. Uh, players who injured, which would be first team, first first starters, we ain't been out injured. We don't have the quality to bring off the bench. It's the quality which should be on the bench are actually on the park. So we're kind of down that way. Uh, and people need to realise that, especially the Celtic fans. Uh, which I'm not so sure that the boys should be put in that position going out to especially Celtic Park going out to uh, a section of support that are flying things that should well to me should be flown in a football park anyway uh, so and I, I think we are bad I'm not going to be into the season because you're us. Yeah, that's a, it's a really it's a really delicate issue, Roger. There's no you know, we what we always do in Scottish football, we all dive in two footed and we've all got our opinions and what Ricky thinks shouldn't be flown, other people think should, which is, you know, again, totally up to them. Can we all agree that for a young man he's in a very difficult position, yeah, Lee Alabada. So Brendan Rogers said, sorry, just for the, <clears throat> the background for anyone who hasn't seen it, he was left out entirely yesterday. Brendan Rogers says he's not in the right frame of mind. He is a young man, miles away from home, whose home country is involved in a very high-profile conflict, one that the nuances probably are going to be lost on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Um, but he, he's having to deal with a lot, a lot of pressure from back home. For what it's worth, when he came on in the midst of it, I think the Celtic fans gave him personally yeah. a big yeah. response to, to say we're with you and whatever. That doesn't mean it's, it's very easy for him, and it doesn't look like he's going to be able to play... Um, play a part really at the moment 
Yeah, when I, when I switched on the TV to watch the game yesterday, just the sort of where the TV crew, Emma Dodds, Jim Goodwin, Neil Lennon were standing at St Mirren Park, there was an enormous Palestinian flag being flown by the Celtic support directly behind them. Now, if I were in Leela Bada's shoes, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be in the right frame of mind to go out to my work when that kind of thing was happening. Now, I don't want to get drawn into, as you said, Gordon, where the rights and the wrongs and all of this lie. Um, Middle Eastern politics is not my specialist subject, but I can fully understand if Leila Bada does not feel in the right frame of mind to play football at the minute. Yeah, thanks, Ricky. Thanks for your call tonight, 01419511025. If you have any thoughts on that, Leila Labada, do you think the... Is it best for all parties? Can you see the club and the player parting ways? Or can you see this situation being recoverable? Let us know. Uh, what about this question? The one I've accidentally been showing off to the camera, but the guys haven't seen it. Who are the most ten who are the ten most capped players who've played in the Scottish top flight at some point, but they must still be playing? Like Timu Puki, Aidan McGeady, and Aaron Ramsey. I always fall back in Daz's advice. Yes. There's always a goalie. Good. And the two guys who always get answers in some of these questions because it was so bizarre the way their careers have gone. Somebody used to play with Falkirk. Yes. So it's either Casper Schmeichel or Tim Krull. I'm going to go Casper Schmeichel. <clears throat> yes. Well done. What about Key? Yes. 110 <sighs> South Korea caps. Here have we you go. got that many? Yeah. We'll get the rest of the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are in the building. There is still time for you to squeeze a call in, so if they've annoyed you, and let's be honest, they probably have, <laughs> give them a call on 0141-951-1025. Who are the ten most capped players who've played in the Scottish top flight at some point and are still playing. Timu Puki, Ki Sung Young, Casper Schmeichel, Aidan McGeady and Aaron Ramsey. I would have bet my life that they would be the first five you would get because the remaining five, wow. Outrageously hard. We should have just left it at five. There's no. one. I've got, I've got hopes for you on one more. He's another goalie. Yeah. I think I actually didn't come in for that way. I was just thinking, going through the nations, thinking all the, the Japanese lads. Yep. So, what was the lad Kawashima that yes. was at Dundee United? Iji Kawashima. I don't think he was particularly successful at Dundee United, but nevertheless, he does have 95 caps for Japan. Would I, would I be right in thinking there's a former motherball hero of yours then? Oh, I mean, you'd be stretching it. Are you, are you like tongue in cheek with that? No. Because there's a former motherball player on, yeah. but. I'm only inspired by this because my colleague at the Scottish Sun, Kenny MacDonald, still does reasonably regular interviews with him on European football matters. Estonia? <laughs> right, he's not here. How have you got this? On, because Kenny MacDonald still stays in touch with him. That's and why. He, he did, why? He did so, I don't know. He, still, he did something in the Sun not that long ago with him. Because it's Henri Onye, isn't it? Yes. And I think, I think Kenny refers to him as Hank. As you would. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Henry Anier to people in this Henry part of the Henry world. Henry But the correct pronunciation, Henry Anier. We played for Dundee United as well. Hibs, you did? did you spell it Hibs? Yeah. 
92 Ooh, Estonia caps Hibs What about them? No, I was about to say right. Hibs have had some Overseas Yeah, there's there's a Players There's a, there's a, a, a Like, honestly the, the, I said the four remaining were tough and, But the three not, you've, you've, You're now chipping it's away not your, but It's not um, Our friend Same name as you Kenny Miller Celebrity Hibs fan uh, He used to bang on about the the boy that took that free kick, the Gambi and left no, by the Paku Jabi. Paku Jabi. I couldn't quite get his name out there. I was there that day. That was tremendous. You Roberto Carlos free kick. So they had signed a fullback called Paku Jabi. And the thing was, he was the, he was apparently the Gambian Roberto Carlos. It's quite high. It's quite high praise. So he just hits free kicks for forty-five yards. And Hibbs got the perfect free kick. You know, it was miles out, and he's done the. He's he's ran up from behind the goal <laughs> he's done the stutter and he's ran the full weight and then he just scuffs it and oh. he just drags and he's, the camera goes in his face and he looks gutted <laughs> nearly had the corner flag didn't oh, it awful I was working for the show that day anyway it's not him there are three remaining that to be honest are just ridiculous I think one of them was a former Hibs player but just oh, ludicrously hard anyway anything else that you want to discuss how big a when can that be? Is it all about cup progression for Livy, or can that be to be shot in the arm that they maybe need to take into the league? Listen, I certainly hope it's a shot in the arm that they need. But they won the previous round, you know, and still and still kind of fell back into their their league form. Maybe the manner in the win and, and the the kind of resilience that the team showing again. Joel Nubley getting a couple of goals. If they're going to stay up, he's going to have to be in, in top form. Or if they say stay up, even get back into it to give themselves a chance of staying up, he's going to need to be in top form. So you just you just never know. A win can do incredible things. Again. That long run, that 17 games is still there. It's hanging over them going into this weekend. So like you say, you hope it gives them that that little kickstart to kind of move into this last 13, 14 games and at least make a fight yet. We've not had any Thistle fans on the phone, Roger. I do wonder what will frustrate them more, the wrongly awarded corner that cost them the first goal on the way back to the, the 3-2 defeat or maybe taking off Brian Graham, Stephen Lawless at 2-0, did that send out the, the idea well, that the game was won? Yeah, I'll go back. Chris Doolan, the Thistle manager, came in to speak to us after the game on Saturday. And before a question could be asked about it, Chris Doolan volunteered. Mm. Do you know what? I've got that answer on my sheet. Let's hear from Chris Doolan. This is what he had to say. To lose so late is a sore one. I think by then you think it's going to penalty kicks and it's a bit of a lottery, but um, to lose, we, I think it's 20 seconds to go or whatever it was, is a real sore one. Um, but... There's lessons for us to learn, I think, there's, and for me to learn. Making two subs early on, um, probably in hindsight, I took them off too quickly. I'm not somebody that will shy away from it. If you make a mistake as a player, you put your hands up. If you make a mistake as a manager, you put your hands up. So I do think looking back, taking off Lawless and, and Graham as quickly um, kind of affected their shape a wee bit. Um, the other subs were kind of enforced in terms of people were starting to pull up with tight calves and hamstrings all over the place, but it shows... Both teams were the same at that point, you know, it shows you that the intensity levels of the game were, were so high, both teams were desperate to win, and it was a real physical challenge, but um, just gutted that we didn't get through. I quite like that, getting out in front of it, acknowledging what might have been a mistake before people ask you about it. Yeah, listen, I think it's it shows obviously a maturity that he's, uh, he's willing to take responsibility. Again, it also takes it away from the players a little bit because ultimately they're the ones that are on the pitch. I just look at the like the substitutions and, and the timing and that's what he's, he's kind of referring to. I look at Brian Graham and think the first goal's like a, it's a set play. 
Where, where would Brian Graham have been at that time? Would he have been middle six in there to attack it? Would he have been man marking someone again, one of their obviously most experienced players or their captain, a good size about him? Could he have affected that? So again, these are all things that will be going through his head. Uh, and it's ultimately cost him. And again, you've only got to look back to the end of last season and what happened at the end of that, that kind of capitulation towards the end of the playoff game as well, conceding late goals. It'll be something he won't want to be making a habit of kind of these mm-hmm. two goals, throwing these two goal leads away. Okay, we'll leave it there because you've got work to do in this teaser. I do feel like these are like bonus answers, right? These are just verging on impossible. We're looking for the 10 most capped players who've played in the Scottish top flight, but they must still be playing. Timo Puki, Ki Sung Young, Kasper Schmeichel, Aidan Magidi, Iji Kawashima, Aaron Ramsey, and Henry Anie. This is where it starts getting like who's he territory. So I'm happy you've done that. For me, you've done the work. But to show off, can you get any, any more? I'm out unless that, these, these that, 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 that Paku Jabi team What about the boy That played with Honduras Claros He's a Gary's pal George George, the, George? The, the pit bull they called him You need to get out more Is that it Jorge Would Jorge. it be Claros Or George George Georgie Georgie George. boy yeah. Georgie boy Claros It's like the GBX in here Jorge Claros of, What a show that of is all, Of all Honestly. those Hearts boys that came over oh, Stop it Is it Maca- Macaulay Ennis no Chesnowskis No Novikovic Yes No, no Ar- Arvidas Novikovic Has got 93 Lithuania caps Somebody who must have had that For Lithuania Last one And I, I keep saying this But now genuinely Even you You can I don't care I don't care how smart you are <laughs> can, can I don't care Hold my hand hold I don't care hand. how sad brain you are Brain thoughts Brain thoughts <laughs> I don't care how sad you are You're never getting this one What because San- Sander Puri of St. Merlin Estonia I hate you Roger Oh Hart. my good god Sander Puri I've actually never heard this one Three Sister in appearances Can I just say to you I hadn't heard of him Until yeah. I saw it in the back of Gordon yeah. Sheep yeah. Did you actually see it? <laughs> 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 Lovely <Stunny. laughs> yeah. We're back tomorrow at 6 o'clock <laughs>